Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. Kane and Issa, back here. Issa? <laughs> We're back, baby. We have got Lisa Barden, who's an expert advisor at Money Empire on board, to talk about gender pay gaps. Lisa, Hello. I'm going to throw this over to you. Gender pay gap, how fair is it? I don't think it is very fair, uh, being female and all. Um, however, it, 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 really, it comes down to, I think, the occupation. Uh, it also may come down to qualifications that you may have, but again, I don't think qualifications is everything. Um, but I think a big thing going forward, me being a mum of girls, wanting to make sure we've got something in place for them, and I guess for them growing up and coming into the workforce, which is, I've still got, you know, 18 or so years of that to come, I think putting in them and instilling in them that, for me, would be finding something that you have a passion in, and then I think that may get them a better income level. Um, which hopefully reduce the pay gap for themselves personally. Where does it all start? Good question. It does it start at, in the womb? Does it start... Hey, you never know. At kindy? <laughs> does it start at school? Where does it all start? I think, that, I think there needs to be like such a big societal shift in the whole discussion. And... I've got four daughters. I want them to grow up and be successful. I always am trying to surround them by um, great uh, mentors and, yeah. and great women in and around the world, whether that's your grandma, whether that's Lisa Barton, whether it's power boss babes around the world. Um, I always try to at least expose them to that. Um, when I think of gender pay gap, I immediately think of the Australian Open in tennis and always thinking back to um, why women, the why the prize pool was so much smaller. Um, e, big fan of surfing and, you know, women surfers always got paid less. You let, you know, you look at the income that they drive from a marketing point of view and it probably trumps the men tenfold. Uh, there's all these discussions that uh, need to be had, but I guess, you know, I'm always myself looking for great influences. Um, then it comes to the point of going, and might be getting ahead of myself, but, you know, we state um, female CEO trumps and gets top award, where I know when I've spoken to a few, they just want to be known as top CEO. They don't want to be top female CEO. And this is my discussion point to go, well, if we label it like that, we're almost curbing the issue to begin with. Whereas if someone is qualified, someone has the opportunity, it is re- it's, it, it's completely irrelevant if they're female or male around them executing a job and putting them on that pedestal. If you've got the skills yeah, and you're female, so be it. But call her the best CEO. Don't actually call her the best female CEO. I agree with that. I think, like you say, if you've got the skills to do it, the qualifications or the passion or the drive to do it, don't add in female in there or best male CEO, etc. Just be the best CEO or if other likes, best, best boss. Mm. Great discussion there. 
is it an occupational thing as well? Because, like, you think of nurses around New Zealand. A lot of them... Uh, well underpaid. For Praises one. to nurses. You need more money. Um, a lot of them are female. And I'd say, I, I don't know the stats on that, but you walk through a hospital, majority of nurses seem female. Yeah. That's Producer Bailey. Producer Bailey. What did you say? Is that from what? It could, it could come from You know, there's the school. underlying issues. You know, men play doctors, women play nurses. You know, that, that's, that's again back to societal beliefs from a very young age. And we're talking, uh, you know, kindergarten age. You know, yeah. uh, is that um, the messaging that, that needs to be changed at such an early age? That is actually quite true because my daughter, I, we were talking about, you know, because my daughter's, my father, he is in earthworks business many years and we pass diggers and they're like, oh look, there's granddad's digger, etc. And I was like, maybe you could drive a digger like granddad. And then my eldest, who's five years old, goes, no, that's a boy's job. Yeah, it totally you. ain't a boy job. You've got you a, can so actually touching on that, because I remember you've got a good friend of yours who's a client also at Money and Proverbs, who's a tradie. And yes. she is a sparky from you. She's an electrician and yeah. she is doing amazing she's got her own crew she um you know she's a site manager she has just gone above and beyond and she's as i see her as a superwoman she's now a mum and she is running a team in um one of the biggest power boards in new zealand and right there she's got a real electric personality yeah Yeah, totally you guys didn't pick up on that did you Anyway. <laughs> I got it. Thank you. How good. Yeah, How good. I know. Well, you like that? Cool electrician. I like that. So um, we talk about we've, we talk about different occupations. We talk about teachers. A lot of teachers are female, from what I see, and I don't know the stats, right? So you look at teachers and nurses, and for what they do in New Zealand for human nature, for our generations coming through, they provide so much. Nurses keep you alive, um, yep. and teachers teach our generations coming through. Um, I suppose give them a skill set to drive the economy, and they, to me, don't seem to be on for me fair pay of what they do for us. I agree. They're definitely not on fair pay, mm. given the amount of work and hours <coughs> and everything that they put. And with my medical history, I've been down that track where what nurses do, and it's incredible. Oh, there's they want to keep you alive when your doctor's some, not there. There's some yeah. huge professions that um, women dominate in certain areas of the industry that are completely underpaid. Remember, when you've got children, uh, you kiss them goodbye at 8.30 and you pass them into the influence of teachers um, for the majority of their day. So, uh, you know, outside of the parents, the teachers and their responsibilities um, are huge and phenomenal, and have such influence and impact on our on our young children. So, yeah, there's there's such questions in certain areas are definitely underpaid. There is a stat too around how um, women or females generally spend more money than a male on just normal life. Clothes, whatever that, all, makeup, all that kind of makeup, all that kind of stuff. I didn't even know this was a thing. Pink tax. I didn't even know it was a thing. Mm-hmm. What is it called? Pink tax. So, Do you build that into your client's fr- um, financial planning? <laughs> I think it might have to now <laughs> for my females. But we do. We spend more on beauty. We spend more on hair. So, you know, for likes of me, my hair, I hope my partner's not listening to this, it might be 200 to 60, <laughs> depending on what I want to get done. He listens to every episode. Whereas, trust me. 
I brought him for Father's Day one year a $99 hair clipper thing and he does his own haircut at home. <laughs> it's, you know. So definitely we spend more and I think as society we want to look good, feel good, um, you know, and I think for me as a mum, I want to, once you become a mum, you know that you want to find yourself again. So spending that on different outfits and beauty, etc. So men don't generally go get their eyebrows done. Some may, that's totally fine, but it's more common for women. So we allocate more money to that. So we may spend more, but it makes us feel good. The other thing is, is that um, women generally live longer than males. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huge yeah, contrast to 100 years ago. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So you then think of uh, a female who has to carry the child and then give them, and general, not, I'm generalising here, but then take time off work. So they haven't taken time off work for that, to go away and do all that. Um, so it, it always comes back to there seems to be an inequality. Yeah, it's, I think, I've, I've got some notes here. I've put, so, you know, Yes, as a mum, you, you take time off work because you may be breastfeeding or, you know, you want to take that first time off with your baby, as most mums do. Um, but then also your, I think where the pay gap might be is they take a period of time off, um, they lose their income for a period of time, they just get maternity leave, they also lose their employer contribution to the KiwiSaver and then they're not contributing to KiwiSaver because they're not earning for, you know, six months, whichever. Um I see more and more though these days as males are, you know, coming in on the last few months of the paid parental leave and the mum might go back to work. It doesn't always work out that way, um, but I think that's where a lot of the gender pay gap may come in because women take time off to, to carry and be with their baby. I've actually got an existing client of mine that their employer... Um, actually pays 12 weeks paid maternity leave on top of the maternity leave, the IRD. Not many companies do that. And I think that is amazing because that will help reduce that gender pay gap. And potentially. that's just a pure cost to the company, I'm guessing? Yeah. Out of good faith? Well, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. I, there's a stat here. Um, I'm just looking at around 38% of, all, uh, of men drunk shop. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to woman, how cool is that? I know Issa does that. We well, we've talked about that in a previous podcast around um, drunk shopping, and that men are more guilty of it than women. Um, Wallstrom's big Uber Eats purchaser after a few bevies. Absolutely. I think um, I think one thing that's uh, stark, and I think uh, around gender pay gap, but then also gender and racial pay gap. There's obviously um, a big difference between women of colour again in certain key uh, jobs and you know these are the things that need to be discussed and be discussed more openly because this isn't going to change overnight um, but there has been a shift in society there's a sh- shift in people's mentality there's different movements going on that there's a lot more awareness around these sorts of things and you know as a parent of four daughters um, it's pretty imperative that that sort of those cultural beliefs change um, by the time I'm hoping my girls come of age and and actually move into the workforce and and at least have the for me it's about having the conversations with them when not my five-year-old because she's running around doing cartwheels but (laughs) with with two girls coming up to be teenagers you know have these discussions with them so it's not so much of a hurdle when they actually get there Um, some might have way more robust discussions but at least you sort of start talking about it at a school age to sort of prepare them for what's ahead. If we talk about some big events, we talk about COVID, right? And obviously, 
the lead up and what happened into COVID. And there's a stat here saying 90% of all people who lost their jobs in 2020 were women. That's phenomenal. That's, That's 10,000 out of 11,000 lost their jobs that were women. Mm. And producer Bailey's putting her hand up. Yeah. As one of them. Incredible. That, that's an incredible stat on its own. Mm-hmm. And then the gender pay gap sits at about 9.1% difference in favour of men. Now, that the hourly rate did increase by about 3.1% for women. women. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, men increased by about 2.6%. So women were slightly up. But still, you're almost sitting at that 10% difference. For a person that we're talking about in this day and age, that no matter if they're white, black, any type of colour, female, male, any type of sex, can do the same job with the same qualities, there's a 10% variance almost in that. It seems, mm. it seems just on it. I don't mm. get that mm. from my point of view. Or more. Mm. Agree. Mm. Which comes, and I touched on that, which also extends to, obviously, um, women of colour earning significantly less out there. Again, like, we live in a day and age where we should not even be talking about this or doing even a friggin' podcast on this, but we are. And we've all got kids in this room, female girls in this room, that will grow up, and we hope that they grow up into a society and and to that this isn't a challenge for them. But we've been talking about this for how long? As a country and, and worldwide. Yes, for for as long as I can remember anyway, but when I came into the workforce, I think there needs to be, wherever it comes from, but a huge improvement in the employment pathways, especially for females coming back into the workforce that have taken time out of their lives to raise their babies, whether they have, you know, gone and had three kids quite close together and just haven't gone back to workforce in between, or whether they've come back into work after six months, ten months, a year, or whatever, they need to be some sort of you know assistance or whether that's their existing employers or some something maybe from the government per se to, to help the um, get back on their feet get the back get them back onto a role that I guess offers offers flexibility but also reduces that pay gap because if you've got the same skills as a male and you're doing the same role why should there be a pay gap I'd love to see a stat between um, this woman and mental health. Because you think if you're a female on the grind, doing the same as a male, going to work every day, busting your balls, probably the wrong word. Busting, <laughs> you say, fuck that, pay me the same. Bust, busting your ass and you're earning minimum 10% less than the person next to you because they're male and then you're going home, how would that affect your mind? Mm. It'd be a mind fuck. Mm. Absolutely. It's huge. Mm. It, it is huge. Mm. Being a female and coming from that and being in, I think, an industry with it's more, you know, previously known as a male-dominant industry. And so we're talking about financial services here. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's you know, being a female in this industry, I feel like I, you know, I already work hard, but I feel like I've got to work that little bit harder to be seen being and a young yourself, female you've... and to prove myself and also being a working mum. Mm. I'm going to throw this at you. When did you start, if you're able to share this, when did you start in banking? When oh, I was 16. 16 right there. And you're at the coalface of people walking into the bank, yeah. asking for money, opening accounts, insurance, all that kind of stuff. Everything. And how did that... I'm probably more talking not about pay here, but 
you felt you were perceived in a different way? Yeah, I felt because I I was a young female, pretty much just come straight out of high school, no one would take me seriously. I remember one thing was when I was getting trained into like the lending space they said you'll be able to overcome that fear when you've gone through that life stage yourself i.e buying a house i.e getting insurance or needing insurance for yourself which when that happened it was a huge um, huge realization that you know i was able to connect better with people and for more people to trust me I think that's bullshit, eh? I call that bullshit too. Because anyone with a skill set, not you, sorry. I just mean what you've been told here. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was about to say, shit. <laughs> that was aggressive. No, no, not you. <laughs> I think what people perceive needs to happen. Like, mm. oh, you need to experience something to be really good mm. at something. That, uh, uh, if you think about it, in financial services, whether you're male or female, you could rent all your life, but you could be an unbelievable property advisor and financial advisor, but you've yeah. never been through a transaction. Mm-hmm. Why does it make you have to be male, female, white, black, any color, experience a situation to actually be good at something? You don't. You don't, no. And that's that old adage. That's the old mentality <laughs> of taking it back to yesteryear where you had to um, be a certain person of color age, certain person of color of um, color, certain person of color of gender to be good at your role. Would you agree, sir? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, women that make less money, they're 2.4% more likely to have mental issues around depression and anxiety. So it's 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 tied in to, you know, mental health and, and everything that we've talked about today. You know, I, I often think about, you know, what, what is going to make a difference? And I think when... When bigger companies, um, you know, like Zero, they do things very differently. They do things very differently. There's quite, there's a lot of equality across the board. They're very um, innovative around their their style of work and what they do. I think that then has an immediate effect on the people, and in this case, and on, on women in particular. Um, then you see women, if they've got the right skills and the right person for the job, they're promoted to the top jobs. Um, there's a new uh, female principal at um, my girls, my twins' school, and she has a very different outlook um, on the past principal who was there for 11 years, who was a male. And she's brought a new, fresh voice to the table, and the kids love it. And again, there's that power woman in charge for young women at um, critical ages to see uh, women in charge of yeah. of the running of everything. And that's where it has this trickle-down effect is when companies do it, then the women are promoted in the right areas. The pay gap isn't in question, and then you'll see this cultural change. But we're only a fragment of the way through, and so much needs to continue. I think there's a big perception of, you know, big successful companies where the person at the top is a male, scary, pulls down the hammer yells at people and that a female can't have that same effect in that space. Well, they can. Agree. <laughs> you know, fully agree. I've slept outside many a times at my house. <laughs> and I think that, again, that's starting to shift that, that slightly, but there's still that preconceived idea that you can't be a hard-ass bitch, you know, at the top and pull strings. And I, I certainly know, I produced a baby just threw me a stat, which was quite interesting, saying that, um, women are 2.4 times more likely to experience depression. 
Correct. Did you just recap on that? Sorry. I fell asleep for a bit when you were talking. <laughs> uh, which is a really good stat, actually. So where to from here? How do we solve the world's issues? Because I think around this table, including producer Bailey with her stats, that she throws at two of us and we reuse them. Correct. First, in my, in my opinion, you've got to um, celebrate the win of women uh, more openly and um, across social media uh, for all the right reasons. Then there's got to be that fine line between when they're doing a good job we don't have to label it. We've just got to promote them in the right areas. If they're the top CEO or the top CFO, they're that because of their skill set. Then it becomes the norm in our language and the way we talk. Round this off from you, Lisa. What would you say? I think back off um, on the back of Issa. I think celebrate the wins. I think I, I'm seeing a lot lately, um, like on LinkedIn and social posts, is where women are backing women in all different industries. And I think praising any win, big or small, it gives you that confidence to, to I think, the, the, to strengthen your, I guess, your passion, your drive, your motivation. Um, I think also coming from me for being a, a, a mum is I am in a role that I'm passionate about and I'm showing my girls that there's no, there's no limits. You mm-hmm. can do both mum, you can both, you know, and also you can be boss at what you do. If you've if you've got the drive, you can do it. I want to round it out with saying this: Don't let what you earn or what you make define you, because if you start looking at your your bank account as the person who you want to be, you're never going to get to it, right? So that's one thing. Yep. Also, too, you don't have to earn squillions of dollars to get ahead in life. You've got to see someone like Lisa Barton at Money Empire who can really help. So. Um, fully agree with this gender pay gap and I'm, I'm, I think everyone should be equal everyone should be equally paid no matter who you are but don't let the money define you as a person and that is a wrap thanks for listening to Beyond the Field if you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review to catch all the latest you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Field Podcast or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz Thanks again and we'll see you all next time.